Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Paige Panzarello is the cash flow check. Having been a real estate investor for over 20 years, Paige has been successful in completing over $150 million in real estate transactions. Her experience is vast, including running her own construction and acquisition companies, buy and holds, fix and flips, and she is currently focused on buying non-performing notes across the United States. On today's show, we cover a ton with Paige, including how to come back from a huge loss, the benefits and advantages of note investing, why due diligence is your key to success, Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Thanks for being back here on the Real Estate Invest Her Show. And we have a wonderful guest with us today. Hi, Paige. How are you? Hi, Liz. Hi, Andressa. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're excited to jump into Paige's story and uh, all the great things she's going to share with us today. Uh, before doing that, we like to kind of just get connected. We're, you know, what, what are we up to here on this, this podcast and this movement? What we're up to is to, our mission is to support women in real estate investing, financial independence, and having a balanced life as a woman. Because there's, you know, unique challenges that women face and there's unique challenges that men face. And we're, we're all about helping women in this, in this uh, business of, of investing and, and being great women in, in their lives. So, um, but as we jump into like today's show and, and today's, you know, kind of conversation, Andres and I like to connect with, with all of you and kind of share what's going on in our own world and lives. And Andressa, we actually got an um, offer today on selling our house, our personal residence. And there we go. And it has been, I have to tell you, ladies, it has been incredibly stressful. I've never, I have, we've made offers on, on hundreds of properties. We've bought properties <laughs> over the last decade. And I have, can tell you, I, I, I've never been so anxious about a property, you know, selling. <laughs> it's at my own home that I've been in 13 years. I was like, why is she so stressed out? It seems like her first time doing it. I know, my poor realtor. Oh, I was stalking this poor woman. She's like, <laughs> done this before like a lot and I'm like <laughs> but I um we got an offer and it's very it's fine it's great and right. we're moving so it's just been like a weight has been lifted off but I want to tell you ladies this because when you feel anxious in this especially negotiation whether it's your own residence or obviously with all the real estate you're selling and buying you have to visualize yourself and I stopped and I visualized myself at the closing table and I knew that I knew it was a gentleman who's looking to buy our house and I knew he he's going through a divorce. Um, not that that matters, but I had this visual in my head. Okay. What would this man look like? I knew his age range. So I just visualized what would he look like? I have no idea. I'd be interesting if I'm right. I'd be very, very I'm so curious about that. Right. But I just visualized this gentleman. He had brown hair and I'm like, I got to put a face to him. He had a goatee in my little head in my little visualization. <laughs> And, and I sat there and I shook his hand and I said, good luck with our house. Good luck with this house. It's a phenomenal house. And he smiled and he took the keys. And I just kept seeing that when my anxiousness started to take over in the last seven hours, I've been waiting to hear whether he accepted our, our counter. So anyway, I tell you all that because it gets a very, you can get very crazy in this, you know, going back and forth and you have to stop and you have to see the completion happening versus getting kind of in the moment of just worry and anxiousness. Yeah. I That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, yeah. You got to keep us posted about it. I will. I will. I will. 
With that, um, so Paige, thanks again for being on our show. Um, Absolutely. You Congratulations, know, and, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I can see why people don't move a lot in their life. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking, my, my kids are young, so this is going to be like, okay, this is it until we probably then downsize, right, when they, when they move out and everything. Mm-hmm. Hopefully move out. Um, <laughs> but um, so Paige, you, are, you have such a wealth of, of knowledge and experience. So tell us a little bit, and, and obviously the ladies listening, tell us a little bit about what compelled you to get involved in real estate investing. Actually, um, I wasn't compelled at first. Uh, to, to be, <laughs> to be I love your honesty. <laughs> <laughs> I really wasn't. Um, I was, I've been a real estate investor now for over 20 years, um, edging closer to the 25-year mark. Uh, but I, I started my real estate investing career, uh, but kind of by default, I was thrown in the deep end of the pool. Um, my grandmother passed away and she had a rather large estate. Um, and half of that estate was in Arizona and it was hugely in debt. So, um, we were $4 million in debt and I had to go to Arizona and manage 38 townhome units. Um, a sewer treatment plant, believe it or not, we owned a sewer treatment plant. I know more about sewer treatment plants than I care to discuss. Wow. Um, and also some land. Uh, so that's how I was kind of thrown into the deep end of the pool. And I knew nothing about real estate investing. I knew nothing about property management. Um, I very quickly realized that I was not a good property manager uh, because I have a really big heart and everybody's got a story. Right. Mm. So (laughs) uh, I quickly put a person in place to be our property manager, which was great. Um, But I kind of parlayed it from there. Um, Even though I wasn't a good property manager, I realized that I did have a really great head for real estate investing. And so I, I learned and I, I asked, I surrounded myself with people uh, that had the answers to the questions that I was seeking. Mm. And I, I realized wow, I, I'm kind of good at this. So I think this is really interesting. And I think this is a really neat way to go. Um, because at the point, you know, at that point, I was, I was fairly young. And I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. And so uh, this just kind of fell into place for me. And I realized that I was supposed to be here. Mm. Um, you know, and, and my story goes on from there. But, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> but that's how I started. So Paige, from that point, yeah. until up to now where you invest in notes. What are the other types of investments that you did in between? Ah, that's a great question. Okay. So um, as I said, I, I, we had this sewer treatment plant. So we sold the sewer treatment plant. Um, I realized very quickly that even though I was able to bring our estate into, uh, you know, into the, into, back into the black, it took me about three years, but I paid okay. everybody off brought us back into the black. We were 100% occupied at the time. When I first got there, we were only 40% occupied. But I realized we couldn't command the, the rents that we needed to be profitable. So I went to my family and I said, you know what? I think we should sell all these off and develop the land. And my family wanted no part of that. So I ended up buying the company from my mom. From my mom. Mm. Okay. And I'm getting to your question. Uh, I then took that company and we started to develop the land. And uh, I realized very quickly that the contractor was going to take severe advantage of me and that I was going to be out of money before I came out of the ground. So I started my own construction company and I knew nothing about construction, nothing at all. 
But again, I surrounded myself with people that knew the answers. Um, we ended up being the largest private employer in, in all of uh, La Paz County, Arizona. We had 36 employees. Uh, we held all of our licenses at, with the exception of roofing and HVAC. And the only reason we didn't get those is because the insurance was too high. Um, so I did construction. And I came, you know, we did our own projects. We came out of the ground. We were building huge projects, our own other people's projects. We built um, a, the bank, a bank in town. We built, you know, part of the jail, um, you know, so things really big, big projects. Um, and we were really rocking and rolling. You know, we were doing custom homes. Um, we did, we did townhome units, complexes, huts, mm -hmm. all of it. We, we did all of that. Uh, and then 2007 happened. Mm. And yes, and the interesting thing is, is that I saw it coming and I was very fortunate in that I really wasn't leveraged very much. I was only leveraged. I was only encumbered about 10%. Um, and I had a lot of assets. I had cash flowing assets. I had my own, you know, cash flowing properties. Uh, I had large equipment. Um, I had my own land, my own projects, all that stuff. And I had cash. And I didn't think that 2007 was going to happen to me. And I was really wrong. It really did. It landed right smack dab on my head. And the reason that it did is because everybody that owed me money, when you're in big construction, mm -hmm. as you know, you foot the bill for 90 to 120 days. Yes. And I was running payroll at about $25,000 a week. Mm. Okay. So you can do the numbers. <laughs> Very quick. Yes. <laughs> So, uh, you know, it, it really, it really shocked me that it landed on my head mm. and, um, I was able to fire sale everything. Uh, and it took me three years. It took me three years to clean up the mess. And at the end of the day, I, I went home to California. I came home to California. Um, but I lost $20 million and I tell that story. I used to not tell that story. But I tell that story because I know that there are listeners out there. I know you have listeners out there that are struggling, that have had something devastating happen to them. And I want you to know that you can get back up because I'm living proof of it. I'm living proof of having lost $20 million and I am back stronger than ever. So to get to your question, um, I have done, when I came back, you know, clearly after 2007 to 2010, I went away from real estate for a little while but I regrouped and I came back in, uh, you know, a few years later and uh, I started doing fixing and flipping. I did wholesaling, fixing and flipping. Um, I've done buy and hold. I've done tax liens. I've done tax deeds. There isn't anything in real estate investing pretty much that I haven't done. Uh, and then when I, and, and the whole while I came back, I, I was studying notes and I landed in the note space and angels literally sang for me. And I knew I was home. <laughs> but I've done just about everything there is to do. <laughs> really, really want to jump into what, what notes are. I'd love to hear your perspective on all that. Sure. Before we go there, though, I mean, you know, you think about, and I've had different experiences and, you know, on Justin and I both, I mean, and, and I think people that haven't really, aren't really active in real estate investing don't sometimes either admit to it or get it that, that money can be lost and things yeah, yeah. can happen and, and not always, you know, sunshine and roses, you know, you don't just <laughs> make a million dollars in every property. So right. I want to, I really, I mean, I'm always curious about what makes someone get up and keep going because that to me is like 
my hat goes off to you. I mean, thank you. Um, so, I mean, you know, if you think about yourself going through those three years, what did you think? What did you do? How did you get through it? Like, what did you do to get through it? That's a great question. Um, I actually did start to develop um, a support system and it, it did not come from my family, believe it or not. Mm. Um, so, you know, family is, is the first to, to criticize, as a lot of us know. Uh, it, it really came from friends around me uh, that said, you know what, Paige, it's, it's going to be okay. The driving force for me, honestly, ladies, is this. I owed people money. And I was not going to jeopardize them and their family because I already had to tell 36, empl 36 employees, 36 families that I could no longer employ them. And that was heart-wrenching. It was absolutely devastating. But my investors and the people, that, the vendors that I owed money to, um, I, I just made, up, made it up in my mind that I was not going to let them, you know, have outstanding invoices from me. Um, so I was very fortunate that I could have, you know, I did have assets that I could sell and it did take me a while and I contacted all of them. So it was really about integrity for me mm -hmm. and being able to sleep at night. Um, I was one of the fortunate few that didn't have to go the bankruptcy route and there's nothing wrong with bankruptcy. Um, you know, there were, there were plenty of people that just didn't have what I had and they couldn't do what I did. And so they had to go that route. Um, but for me, it was really about being integritous and, and really just taking care of the people that took care of me and believed in me when I knew nothing about real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And I actually still have those investors today. Wow. Wow. I think I love, I love integrity, the word integrity, because you can apply it everywhere. Yeah. And I always say that to my lovely general contractors that I work with. Like, <laughs> we don't even need a contract we will have a one but we don't oh, yes. even need one if you follow through if you have the integrity to really do what you say you're gonna do exactly or if you come to me and say hey i committed to do this by friday however this happened so i need to yeah. restate and this is going to be done by x y and z right. so i think that what you were mentioning that sometimes people think, um, oh, she probably had, you know, she had her own motivation and she stood up every single morning and went to work. No, it's all about your integrity. You were worried about paying off the other people. But I think that's something rare nowadays. People will take I care agree. of their selves first themselves first and then if there's something left then they will pay whoever but you took care of those people and they are by your side right now and yeah, then sure. that's how you they create are. the long-term relationships but i want to touch base on that like you you attract all those great people and, and well, vice versa thank you yeah, it, you know, it was important for me. It really was. And it was hard. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was hard yeah. getting up every day for three years knowing that I was not going to see a dime of the work that I was doing. Yep. But it was important for me. It was, it was just, it was one of those things that I said, you know, I can do this and I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to walk away from this holding my head high, um, knowing that I did absolutely everything I could to make everybody else whole. Um, and, you know, I, at, at the time, most people would look at that as a failure and I don't. 
I really don't. I call it, um, I lovingly call this uh, my very difficult learning experience. Yeah. <laughs> because I did learn from it. I did. And, and, you know, it ended up being a blessing because understand, when you have that many employees and when you're running that big a corporation, I was literally working seven days a week, 18 hours a day, and it was starting to take its toll on my health. Mm. Um, you know, my blessing ended up allowing me to come home. My family uh, had some, some financial, uh, not financial, excuse me, some health problems. Um, and so I was, be able, I was able to be here. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have met my husband. Uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't, honestly, I would not be sitting here with you ladies had that not happened to me. Mm. So I really firmly believe that this was a blessing and, and most of us fear failure. And I don't think, I don't like that word failure. Uh, I, I like to think of it as, as a setback, you know, but if you learn from it, you can move forward. And, and I am going to use the, this, the word failure in this phrase, successful people are successful because they have failed. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. Absolutely. And if you start to look at, I mean, even, you know, everyone's world and their life, like you start to look at, okay, everything's a blessing, you know, wow, wouldn't, wouldn't we look at our lives a little differently, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it, it, when you're in it, it's like, this isn't good. This oh, is terrible. You know, yeah. But, but it's, you know, <laughs> you're, in it. you're in it, but, but hindsight's 2020. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. So you've really experienced so many different aspects of real estate. So tell us a little bit about your, you know, the note investing, um, okay. you know, just, you could even share, like, how do you explain note investing? And then, you know, and why is it, once we get to that, why is it maybe, you know, maybe the, a different strategy for different type of investors versus the buy and hold and the fix and flip that we, multifamily that we hear so much about? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Well, first of all, let's define, you had asked me, Liz, what mm -hmm. is a note? And a note is really simple. It's basically a promise to pay. That's it. That's what a note is. Um, it's also known as a promissory note. Uh, and there are different types of notes. So, you know, there, every time you sign for a credit card, for instance, when you sign, it used to be the piece of paper, I'm aging myself, but um, when you sign the piece of paper or the, the keypad now, right, you're, you're basically promising to pay the bank back. So there's credit card, you know, there's unsecured debt, which is a credit card note. Um, and then there's secured debt, there's secured notes. Uh, when you buy a car and you finance it, that is a secured note. That's your secure, this, the security is the car. And if you don't pay, they're going to come and take your car. So in real estate investing, uh, we also have different types of notes. Uh, there's secured debt and there's unsecured debt. I only invest in real estate notes that are secured by a building, right? So uh, generally speaking, I invest in residential real estate notes. Um, so first position, there's second position as well, um, but I like to be the first person to be paid. So I only invest in first position, non-performing, and I'll talk about that in a moment, first position, non-performing notes secured by residential real estate. That's my niche. Um, and most people think it's crazy that I invest in non-performing notes versus performing notes. And the difference between the two is just like what it sounds like. Performing notes means the borrower is paying and non-performing notes means that the borrower is not paying. So, And I was I very curious about that. I was like, okay, <laughs> what is the catch here? <laughs> yes. Yes. So the reason that I do that now understand 
when you buy a note, you're buying the debt. You're not buying the physical building, okay? In the niche that I invest in, it is secured. My money is secured by the building, okay? So we do a lot of due diligence on the building, not on the borrower. The reason that I buy non-performing notes, and, and we become the bank. Literally, we become the bank for the borrower. Now, when you're the bank, you have a lot of control. Think about it. When you go to a metropolitan city, who owns the biggest buildings? Banks. The banks. Yeah. Banks are banks for a reason. And when I came, like I said, when Angel, Angel sang for me when I came into the note business, every note investor has an aha moment. <laughs> and when you are the bank you and you invest in first position, you have all the power. You have all the control. You can take the, your invested dollars and go in a number of different ways. We have 23 different exit strategies in note investing. 23. You can mitigate your risk substantially when you have that many exit strategies, right? So why non-performing? Because that seems really risky. Here's why. I am able to buy this debt at a deep discount. And I say a deep discount, not on the amount of money that the borrower owes, a deep discount on the current market value of the property that is securing the debt. Oh, okay. Okay. That makes total sense. Yeah. So I yep. build in immediate appreciation. I already build in equity into my deal. And generally I'm, I'm buying anywhere between 55. Now it used to be lower, but right now prices are running about 55 to 60 cents on the dollar of the current market value of the property. So I build in literally 40 to 45% of a cushion of equity, which helps me to mitigate my risk as well. Wow. That's yeah. great. I want to go a little bit deeper on the due diligence with yeah. the property. Yep. What are the top five things or three things, I'm not sure, that you must know about the property? You need to know that the house is there. First so of all, it's there. <laughs> Seems simple, simple, but it's important. It seems ridiculous. <laughs> it is there. <laughs> you do. Um, okay, so literally, I mean, do not ever, we do three stages of due diligence. Two stages are free, a third stage is paid. Um, th but we always, 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 always lay eyes on the property. Now, I'm not saying as a note investor that I hop on a plane and go and look at the property myself. I do not. Um, I love that note investing is not location specific. Literally, I can do this business anywhere in the world with a phone and a computer. That's it. That's all I need. Um, but I do employ the help of local realtors. Um, we don't ever rely on, on Google Earth or Zillow or any of those things. I employ the help of local realtors or a friend or another investor or somebody. There's even a paid service out there that, mm. I, that I can hire Somebody goes by that property and takes pictures. They lay eyes on the property to make sure that it's there because the house, remember, is the collateral. That's your security for your invested dollars. So you need to make sure it's there. That's number one. Number two is you want to make sure that you know the current market value of the property as it sits right here and now. Not, you know, when you do a fix and flip situation, you look at 
the after repair value. Mm -hmm. So after you put money into it, what is it going to sell for? Not the case in note investing because we're buying off of that current market value. Remember I said, we look at the current market value, we discount it, you know, by 40 or 45%. And that's what we pay. Um, So you need to know, number two is that you need to know that the current market value is legitimate. Okay. And sometimes, you know, in in comping properties, it is a little bit of an art. Don't rely on Zillow. Make sure that you reach out to local talent, local realtors, local experts um, to to get the current market value of that, that property. We also have other preset criteria. I personally, and each note investor is different. I personally do not invest in any notes that are secured by mobile homes or condos. Um, The reason is, is that if we go into a recession, first of all, mobile homes are very difficult to sell if I take it back as, as payment for my loan. Um, Sometimes it's hard to sell them with financing uh, and I want to recapture my capital. So I don't invest in mobile homes. I know plenty of real, of note investors that do nothing but mobile homes um, because they will put in place a seller carry back. Mm. Great. That's great for them. It's just not my criteria. Um, I check county population. I want to make sure that anything that I invest in is secured in a county uh, where there's 50,000 people or more because my investment strategy is that I want to be in and out of nodes within 12 to 16 months. Okay. And if I am in a smaller county, it reduces my buyer's pool if I take that property back as, a, as an REO, as real estate owned, okay? So county population, I check crime rates. Crime rates are important. I don't want to, to own a note on a property that's in a war zone. It's going to be difficult for me to sell. So I check those things, beds and baths and square footage. All of those things play a, a big factor. And there's so many more. We don't, I could take two days, literally, <laughs> to, go <through laughs> to go over everything that we need to do. But, but those are some key indicators. But I think you're raising such a good point, Paige. Um, you know, in terms of, you're able to say, okay, this is what I do for due diligence. And this is my strategy. And this is my criteria. I mean, if you pull, you know, 10 investors that are fixing and flipping or really doing various niches. I don't know if all 10 of them, active investors, right? Not people who want to do this, like literally people who are doing the business. I don't think they would be as succinct and be as straightforward with their, their clarity of focus and their clarity of their strategy and their clarity of this is what I do. This is what I don't do. And I think that's so valuable with whatever niche you choose like you need to know what you, and if you don't know, then figure it out. Start studying people. You want to get into note investing? Study that from Paige. She's yeah. doing it, right? Or you want to get into fix and flips? Find local people who are doing it. But so many times people talk about the wrong things. <laughs> they don't, oh, right. you know, they don't talk about really the stuff that you're, you just mentioned and you were so succinct and forthright about. And I just, I think that's the biggest problem. We're um, getting ready. We do some, we teach some workshops and webinars for bigger pockets, and we're doing one on analyzing deals. And most people that are going to be part of that webinar are just going to want to get into analyzing deals. But I have, I'm, I'm building the the PowerPoint with my my husband, and I have probably ten slides on. Before you go there, let's yeah. talk about yes. a lot of other things. And exactly. and I'm do as I'm building it, I'm like. Most people don't do this. Most people aren't even thinking about this stuff. They just want to run numbers and think whether or not they should buy the fix and flip. That's the last thing. That's the easy part, really. Exactly. So 
I just want to mention that I just passion, I'm passionate about it because I, I talk to a lot of people and they don't say stuff and then they don't know what they're like. They don't know what they don't know. And I, I think that's so valuable what you're saying. So, and you know, Liz, you brought up a great point. And I often say this um, to pe- anybody that I speak with, I will challenge them. Uh, everybody's got a why, you know, everybody is, it has a, their why of why they're investing in real estate or looking into investing in real estate. I challenge them. What is your what? And what I mean by that is what do you need right now? And your what changes as you grow as a real estate investor. So in other words, you know, what is, what is your risk tolerance? I will challenge somebody. What is your risk tolerance? And most people don't know. Okay. So what does risk look like to you? Define that. What do you need right now? Do you need chunks of cash or do you need streams of cash flow? Um, If you need streams of cash flow, don't go into a fix and flip scenario because you're going to generate chunks of cash. If you need um, chunks of cash, don't go into a buy and hold scenario because that's long term and it's just monthly cash flow. So know what your what is and define it. And that's going to guide you to where you go in real estate investing. I love that. Um, what is your what? I what is your that. what? What is your what? So, so yep. why no? I mean, I, I'd love to hear from someone who's an expert in note investing because as someone who, um, you know, I, we do fix and flips. We're, we're more multifamily apartment building stuff that we're involved right now. I'm curious, even just because I've been around, but I'm like, you know, note investing is a possibility. Not that I need to, another thing to do right now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious to hear from your perspective, like why, why the niche of notes versus yeah. other strategies? I'm sure you get asked that. I, I do. I do. Because it is a niche and most people think, oh, can you even do that? And, and you absolutely can. Um, as I said before, and because of my past, because of 2007, I am what I call risk adverse. I don't like risk at all. Um, now, granted, every time we step out of bed, it's a we <laughs> risk. You know, there's risk involved, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so you're never risk free. But I'm going to do everything in my power to mitigate risk. So note investing allows me to do that. When I invest in first position, I am the first to be paid. I have all of the control. Um, I can dictate how the investment strategy goes. I can dictate what exit strategy to use. Um, I, I literally, if you do good due diligence, and that's the key, because you make your money when you buy the property or the debt. You collect your money when you sell the property or the debt, Mm. right? Um, So good due diligence is absolutely key. But that being said, and we do good due diligence, believe me, me and my team, we (laughs) we do good due diligence. But when you're the bank and you're in the first position, you have all the power and you have all the control. And when you do good due diligence, you have all the knowledge. So when you combine those, that's how you mitigate your risk. And that's why note investing for me, I can create chunks of cash. I can create streams of cash. Mm -hmm. I can actually create two forms of profit from one asset. Hmm. I have all the control. Um, So in other words, if I take the property back as an REO, one of the exit strategies we often employ, because sometimes these houses are broken, Mm -hmm. right? They're not all A plus neighborhoods or A plus houses, Sometimes they're broken. So can I take that property back as an REO, either through a deed in lieu of foreclosure, which means the borrower just signs the deed over to us as payment in full for our loan, um, or through a foreclosure auction, 
um, if the property comes back to us, can I turn around and sell it to a fix and flipper and carry the paper? Absolutely. Mm. So I've made profit twice on the same asset, right? Um, I can create long-term, I can create short-term. So that same, if I put another borrower in place on that loan, could I put a, a, an end user um, could I fix it myself and put an end user in and be their bank and carry the paper for them? Absolutely. So I have so many different options available to mm. me that it just, if I need chunks of cash, I can do that. If I need streams of cash, I can do that. If I need it short term, I can do that. If I need it long term, I can do that. I have all of the power and the control. Got it. So that's why you invest in non-performing because then you have more control because if they're performing, correct me if I'm wrong, because if they are performing, you won't be able to or have the option to sell the property if you wish to. Correct. You are beholden to the note as it was written and, um, and, you know, the security instrument, which is either the deed of trust or the mortgage. So yes, if you buy something that's performing, then you are beholden to the terms already set in place. Now here's the beauty of non-performing. And this is what I do having, everybody's different. Again, remember we talked about different note investors having different strategies. There are lots of note investors that will only buy notes on vacant properties because they want the house. I don't, I buy it on both. But my goal because of 2007, I actually try and help our borrowers stay in their homes. It's mm -hmm. the only form of note investing where you actually try and help some somebody or the only form of real estate investing, sorry, um, that you actually try and help somebody to stay in their home. And I make the best profit doing that. Um, I generate a chunk of cash up front because they have to pay a reinstatement fee and then they cash flow um, for 12 months or more. And then at the end of 12 months, I can either continue to hold on to it for cash flow or I can help that borrower to refinance it at a manageable level um, and, and be able to recapture my capital and my profit. So, uh, and, and the person gets to keep their home. You know, a lot of these homes are underwater. Uh, most of them that I buy, uh, the debt is the homes are underwater. In other words, they owe like a hundred thousand dollars and the property is only worth 80 and they've been behind for three years. So they owe an additional 20. So they owe 120, but the property is only worth 80. So I will buy based on the 80 and I'll pay forty-five dollars to $50,000 for it. Now, imagine if I can reduce $40,000 worth of debt for our borrower, and they have to earn it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not just going to wipe it out. <laughs> um, but we use trial payment plans or also known as a for forbearance agreement. Um, but I'll wipe out that $40,000 worth of, of arrearage or bad debt because I'm never going to see it anyway. And I've only paid $45,000 for this, for this loan. Um, the borrower will refinance them at $80,000 and the borrower gets to keep their house and I make a nice profit doing it. Right. Wow. That's, that's awesome because you really are creating that like win-win, which, yes. you know, people talk about, but do they really yeah. do it? <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I do it they, every day. <laughs> you know, I think that's, I think, but, and I love that you, you, I saw that in one of your, um, I think it was your bio, but like you said, you know, you live by the motto, people first and profit second. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's not a common thing that people live by these days, you know, and I think that's, I'm, I would imagine it's, it's showed you that or it's, it's allowed you to really make more money, like you just said, actually by taking care of people and, you know, and it, which is what people may not think, but it actually does, right? It does. Yeah. It does. 
And there are times, I mean, don't get me wrong, Liz, I'm, I'm, there, there are times that I have to take that, that hard hat off and put the hard hat on. Yeah. Um, there are some borrowers that unfortunately are abusers and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll tell you any story that you, they think you want to hear and then they don't perform. So, right. you know, sometimes, sometimes we, we, it, they don't qualify or, you know, we have to go sure. forward with the foreclosure, but for the most part, you know, those, we know those ahead of time uh, and, and we work accordingly. <laughs> yeah. And you want to give them, you want to give them the, sh- the sh- a shot. So yeah. So you're, you're balancing like actively investing. You have a team, quite a bit, a big team helping you as well. And you are teaching like workshops, speaking here, speaking there, you're doing it all. I mean, you know, how do you, um, how do you do it all? You know, how do you balance it all? Um, you got an awesome brand, you know, the cash flow check, love that, you know, I mean, so, you know, you, you clearly have a growing business. How do you do it all? How do you manage it all? How do you keep it all together? Honestly, support, support systems, support teams. I have a great support system. Uh, and, and I've, I've learned, uh, you know, when I wish that there were things like podcasts, I wish that there were RIA groups that you could go to. I wish that there were um, women's real estate support groups when I was starting out. Um, there weren't those things. There are now. And I partake in those. Um, and it is, it's difficult to have a work-life balance. I have a husband. I have a fam- you know, family around me. Uh, and, and my business uh, is, is thriving, clearly. And thank God for that. Um, but really, we all, real estate is a team sport. It just is. We can't do it alone. And even if it's just to call a girlfriend or to call somebody in the business, uh, you know, that you bond with and, and say, you know what, I'm having a really junky day and I need your perspective on this. 10 minutes later, you just feel better. Um, so reach out always. And, and I never used to do that. It was always difficult for me um, as a business owner and I, especially as a woman um, in, in real estate, because it's largely man dominated, male dominated, as we all know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, as a business owner, it was difficult for me to say, Hey, I need help until I did really badly <laughs> in 2007. Um, so reach out. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's no stupid questions. And I always make this offer, you know, if anybody needs help, please reach out to me because I might not have the answer, but I will do my darndest to find it if I don't have the answer. Um, because we do, we need, women have, for some reason, they can balance households and marriage and kids and all that, you know, and women don't trust themselves when it comes to real estate investing and, and they curl up and think, I can't do this. And I'm here to say, yes, you can. You've got a support system. You've got people around you. And if you don't, um, there are so many women's groups that are out there. Find one. Um, reach out to me. I'm again. I'm I'm happy to answer any questions uh, that I that you may have. And if I don't have the answers, then I will certainly find them for you. No, it's absolutely true, Paige. Because what we're finding too, and I'm sure you see this with all the great groups you're a part of. Like we have a Facebook community, and we start with like five people. And what three months ago, Andressa, we have over 500 women who are part of this yeah. Facebook community, just feeling comfortable asking questions about like real questions about real investing and. Yeah. So it's really, really neat to see 
yeah. like people supporting each other ultimately, right? That's what we're kind of up to. So, so you have some great things coming up. Do you mind sharing with the ladies, A, how they can find you, learn more about what you're up to and the yeah. phenomenal workshops you have coming up and all the great teaching you do. Clearly, if you want to get into note investing, you need to go to Paige's workshops, get all her stuff because clearly she knows what she's doing. And, you know, <laughs> if I ever embark in that niche, Paige, I will be one of your students for sure. Okay. My husband will kill me if I, if I attend right now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, how can the ladies learn more about uh, what you're up to? Absolutely. Um, they can go to cashflowchick.com uh, anytime. And, and if, if you have questions or want to schedule a conference call with me, free 30 minutes, just go to cashflowchick.com and you can book directly on my calendar um, to talk to me. Uh, if you're interested in the workshop, it's called Building Wealth with Notes. Uh, it's three days and I only do it, I, I do it three times a year, um, but I'm getting busier. So I might have to next year only do it two times but three full days, um, hands on. And your key to any investing is due diligence. Your key is due diligence. And in this workshop, we not only teach you what due diligence to do, we actually practice it. So there's hands on. Um, and I'm actually excited about this, this next workshop that's coming up. It's coming up November 9th through the 11th uh, here in Simi Valley, California. But two of the biggest things that real estate, especially new real estate investors face is money and deals, right? And this workshop, I've never done this before, um, but I'm actually going to dig deep into finding money and show me the money. And, and we're going to practice um, and I'm going to teach you how I actually raise capital. Um, last year, I raised four and a half million dollars. So, and, and that was without even really trying. So I'm going to teach you all my secrets and all my ninja tip, tips, and I've never <laughs> done that before. So I'm excited for this workshop. Um, but yeah, three days hands-on, uh, I keep it really small and I do that on purpose. There's only 50 seats. Um, I do that because I want to make sure that the attendees are able to communicate with each other, communicate with us. There's a fire hose of information. Um, so you're going to get access to all of my daily information, everything that I use in my daily business, you get, including my teams. And my team is actually, you know, part of my team is going to be there. Um, so you get to meet them as well. Uh, so I give you everything and I feed you lunch all three days. <laughs> there you go. So um, buildingwealthwithnotes.com is how you register. And uh, I'm actually offering for your listeners, uh, ladies, a uh, $100 discount. So if you go to cashflowchick.com forward slash friend, you get $100 off. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. for all of you ladies that are listening, all this information you can find on our show notes. So now we're going to um, go to our fabulous three questions. Are you ready, Paige? I'm ready. All right. So the first one is, what's the most transformational book you have ever, you have, oh my gosh. Oh I my goodness. <laughs> What's going on? I've asked this question so many times. <laughs> you got to keep that in, Andressa. Transformational book. What's you know, the most transformational book have you ever read? There are so many. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to mention two. Okay. Everyone knows the little purple Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Rich dad, poor dad. Yes. Total game changer. If you have not read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it completely changes your mindset. Um, that one and Think and Go Rich. 
and I'm recently just had the occasion to uh, meet Sharon Lecter, who um, has now written yeah. Think and Grow Rich for Women, and I'm in the process of reading that book too. Um, but those are two that, that stand out, even though there are so many that are out there. I mean, just, wow, tough question. Yeah. <laughs> The second one is, what's the most powerful routine you do to create a financially free and balanced life? The powerful routine is systems. You have to have systems, systems and support. Um, as long as you have systems in place, it's just repetition. It's rinse and repeat. You just do, you know, you have your set of guidelines. You know who you are as an investor. You know your what, Right. And you revisit your what every single year because it changes as you grow. So at least every year, if not every six months, but know your what, put your systems in place, and then follow your systems. Amen to that. <laughs> the last one is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Oh, my gosh. That's, that's a really tough question. I think all women inspire me. Honestly, there isn't, there isn't one specific woman that's out there that, I mean, I, I meet women every day that aren't necessarily rich and famous, um, that aren't necessarily, you know, they haven't hit their successful stride yet, but I'm inspired by women every day. We are so capable and we all have a story. And I love to see women take a hold of their own future and start taking steps. And, and ladies, it's just one foot in front of the other and breathe. That's it. That's what it takes to get to, to where you ladies are, to where I am. I mean, understand, we all started with nothing. Yeah, all yeah. of us. All of us started with nothing. And it, it just takes one foot in front of the other. So I'm inspired by women every day, every day. That's awesome. That's great. Paige, yeah. you've been such a wealth of knowledge and, and inspiration. And we really just are so appreciative of your time and uh, just really appreciate you being here with us. And well, I appreciate you having me on the show. I've really enjoyed talking with you ladies today. It was yeah. Great. And we'll put all the uh, information for you ladies listening in the, the show notes. So uh, definitely check out what Paige is up to. Um, and if you want to learn, you know, all the, the amazing things she's up to with notes and investing, please, you know, check out what I, we'll put in there in the, the show notes. So thanks again, Paige. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.